Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 155. Today, we're talking about midwinter survival with Carla Nomberg. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clarkfield's Mindful Mama mentor. I help smart, thoughtful moms stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I'm the author of the upcoming new book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back, dear listener, or welcome if you are new to the Mindful Mama podcast. Today's episode is with my dear friend and colleague, Carla Nomberg. And Carla is a recurring guest on the podcast and she's a clinical social worker. She's going to introduce herself. We're gonna be talking about midwinter survival because it is the end of February and man, I am tired of looking out at that white gray sky and not seeing the sun. And maybe you are too, and it might affect you. It affects a lot of us, right? We're gonna talk about eight different ways to help yourself feel better in the winter and so that you can be a better parent for your kids and better person all around. We want you to be feeling better and thriving. And we're also going to have a little update with Carla and I about chores too. So I know that you'll enjoy this podcast. And quickly before we dive in, We are extending our registration deadline for the Raising Good Humans VIP Retreat in Costa Rica. I have just 
two spots left and I would like to invite you. Do you want to come? You want to come hang out with me, this amazing paradise for a week and have transformative coaching and incredible yoga with one of my favorite yoga teachers and with me and mindfulness learning all kinds of amazing stuff. It's really going to be a one. It is a once in a lifetime thing because I'm probably never doing it again. So if you want to join me and get one of those two spots, go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica. And now on to this episode. Carla, thank you for coming back on the Mindful Mama podcast. I love it. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy you are here too. Yay. So we are talking about midwinter survival today. And to kind of give you a, a picture of what's going on in my world, there's snow everywhere. Everything's like kind of melting. <laughs> you got a cat walking in front of you, which is hilarious. To, to all of our podcast listeners, we should explain that if you're listening to this, we're actually trying it on a Facebook live. So Hunter can see me and she's watching a cat tail like go back and forth. Yeah, it's like you know when the cat always wants to walk in front of your keyboard that's what it's that's what it's doing right now soon that's we're going to hear it really, yeah yeah it's not very chatty so what's going on in your deck of the world yeah 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 so world. snow everywhere one sick kid at home in the house who was homesick yesterday and then the day before we're going to have a 2 hour delay and then they had school off so like one child went to school for two days this week. One child hasn't gone to school all this week. And it's just like the days are kind of been really gray. And it's that, still that kind of midwinter time. And so I reached out to Carla and asked if, you know, I thought you would like to talk about midwinter survival because this stuff is real. Like the whole like lack of sunlight and lack of really it's the sun, right? Like lack of green, lack of fresh air, all that stuff really, really affects us and it affects parents a lot too. So today we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to check in with each other about chores. How are chores going in the house, right? Because we've been listening to, we've been talking to KJ Del Antonio, who wrote How to Be a Happier Parent and Julie Lithcott Haynes and How to Raise an Adult. And they're both telling us, make your kids do chores. That'll be at the end. I don't want um, to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that one. Carla, before we, we dive will, into- We will, because I need to be held accountable. I need to be held accountable. Before we dive into the, any of that, tell the listener who you are besides the woman with the cat walking back and forth in front of her face. Super inconvenient cat. <laughs> My name is Carla Nomberg, and I am a social worker and a writer and a mother of two daughters who are in third and fourth grade. And I'm currently working on my third book, which is called How to Stop Losing Your S with Your Kids. I'm trying to keep it clean. And I'm super excited about this book. And it's going to be published by Workman this summer. So excited. Yeah. You got a summer publishing date. Woohoo. Woohoo. You struggle with the midwinter. I mean, because you live in a cold, dark part of the world in the winter, right? And, oh, uh, and outside of Boston. And, and this is something that you struggle with too, right? Absolutely. Look, I grew up out West and in New Mexico, especially it's sunny, like 350 days a year. And Hold on a second, up... Carla, now we can hear your cat purring. It was oh, like God, okay, right I just next to your away. microphone. I'm oh my sorry. God, that was so funny. I put her away. She will harass me, but I will be strong and keep her away. Okay. So back to New Mexico. 
good kitty, but don't come near me. Okay. So in New Mexico, it's sunny all the time. And I just grew up thinking that's the way the world works because that's a very reasonable thing. You wake up in the morning and the sun is out. And I went to college in Vermont and my first summer, we didn't see the sun for six weeks. And I was like, first winter. Yes. Winter, winter blues right now. I'm fantasizing about the summer. My first winter in Vermont, we didn't see the sun for six weeks. And I really thought it was some kind of cruel joke. Like who does that? And why would you live in a place where that's a thing? Well, Vermont is amazing. So there's other reasons. So yeah, this is a big struggle for me. It's hard. The weather absolutely affects my mood. That is a very real thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. It affects my mood too. I can definitely see it. And I'd like to get out in the sun and, and run. And that's a real help for me. But like what, like the last couple of days, like when it was just snow and it snowed all day and then we're in the house and just like not being able to get out in the sun, it certainly affects my mood. I have to be extra careful about how I'm taking care of myself and what's going on in my life when this happens. Yeah. And this can exacerbate people's depression and anxiety, right? So from your social worker lens, how does that happen for other people Mm -hmm. or for the listener? I think that it happens in a few ways. One, you, you mentioned getting out in the sun and the role of light is very important and not getting enough sort of daylight in general, but also uh, not getting enough sunlight specifically. And obviously it's a balance because you don't want to get sunburns and everything, but whatever. The point is that natural light really plays a role in most people's moods. I think the other thing that happens for lots of people is they just don't move their bodies as much in the winter. Even if you're not a huge exerciser at any point in the year, we just tend to be outside more when the weather's nice and move our bodies more. And there is no question that any kind of exercise, whether it's walking or stretching or you know playing in the ocean or wherever you are moving your body has a huge impact on our mood. Um, and when we don't move our bodies as much or get enough light during the day, our sleep is worse at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our, our bodies are very sort of our, our circadian rhythms, which are sort of the natural cycles in our body that... Uh, determine our sleep patterns. Our circadian rhythms are very uh, dependent upon and influenced by the light we're exposed to. And so when we're not getting enough natural light during the day, and then when we have all of these unnatural lights blaring in our faces at night, hello, screens and phones and tablets, it even if you feel like you can still fall asleep, your sleep cycles and the quality of the sleep you get aren't going to be great. And then the next day you're tired. So you don't have the energy to drag yourself to the gym or get outside for a walk on a day when it's 30 degrees and crappy out. Um, And so then you don't get enough light and it all kind of becomes this vicious cycle that absolutely messes with our moods. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we're grumpy and miserable, like we're grumpy and miserable with our kids, right? It all ripples out, right? When our cup is full, we're feeling good and all that stuff. So we looked at some, I looked at some you know, ways. So we want to kind of reach out now, like with this idea, like this is right now, anyway, it's late February. And for me, this is this point in the winter where I'm like, like through Christmas, I'm like Christmas. And then, and then it gets to be the solstice, winter solstice. So I'm like, oh, it's getting lighter and Christmas. And then we get into January and January is really miserable and cold, but my birthday is at the end of January. So I kind of feel like, okay, like January, my birthday, another year older, things are happening. And then for me, I get to February and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for it to change. And you know, it's funny because that's actually why I live um, in Northern Delaware now. And that's one of the reasons why I ended up coming down here in the first place was um, I grew up in Rhode Island and uh, the summer of my senior year in, in high school, I graduated in 96 that, or the winter, sorry, that winter, there was like this huge blizzard and there were all these snowstorms and there's all this snow happened. And I was just like, 
I'm only looking at schools outside of a five hour radius south of Rhode Island. Like I, I wanted to get south. And then when I came, went to University of Delaware, I remember it was February that I went outside and I saw crocuses coming up in February. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it just was amazing. And it felt so good to me. Um, so, but this is the time of year where I'm really like, okay, where are those signs of spring? How can I, I don't know, how can I you right. know, get that and things like that? And so I imagine that the listener is also, also might have some of that too, unless you are a New Zealander. Hey, Natalie. Uh, and, or Australian, then, then you can listen to this in six months. Or if you're in Southern California, just go away. No, I mean, I love you. I love you. Be happy. Enjoy what you have. Get outside, take care of yourselves, but don't call me right now. No, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm a little- don't show us your Facebook pictures right now. I have what I call my Santa Barbara fantasies. This is like when I'm like, let's just shut it all down and move to Santa Barbara. And my husband's like, but our, our lives are here. And I'm like, but they could be there. No, I but I'm, <laughs> I love it here. And and I, I feel like an adopted tough New Englander and I'm raising two tough New England kids and I'm proud of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we New Englanders we appreciate the warm weather or Midwesterners who like, well, you appreciate that warm weather way more than they do in California. It's true. Yeah we, we, we just like, we'll stand there and put our arms up to the sky and worship the sun. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into some of these ways that we can work with this, right? One of these, some of these ways we can work with this. And you mentioned already, which I think is like one of the number one ways to work with this in, in this exercise. Exercise makes a huge, huge difference in huge. our mood. Huge. So, and I don't, I I think that especially in the dead of winter, when it's gray and cold outside um, and you don't have enough daylight because it gets dark early, the thought of starting an exercise routine, if you don't have one can be completely overwhelming and feel impossible. So here's, here's some ideas that I just want, like, hopefully to make them feel useful and possible for people. You don't have to start a big thing. You don't have to be like, I'm going to do CrossFit and train for a marathon. I mean, if you want to, that's great. Rock on. But you don't have to. And I want you to think about something you can do every day. So, you know, my husband works in Boston and I know that when the weather is nice enough, he will take walking meetings. So either oh, he puts cool. in headphones and he leaves the office and he does his phone calls while he's walking or he'll grab a colleague from the office and be like, can we have this conversation while we go on a 20 minute walk around the block? So brilliant, just integrating. Yeah, it's a great idea. Um, You know, can you do small things? So here are the small things I do. I went for a walk this morning outside. It was 30 degrees. It was disgusting out. Like not everybody had shoveled their sidewalk. So it was slushy and icy and gross. Um, And I, I put on my waterproof, you know, hiking shoes that look ridiculous when you're tromping through the suburbs, but whatever. And I went for a walk and it's all about the gear in that case, you know, just having the right clothes lets you do it. So, um, was it like the most pleasant walk I've ever been on? No, but I needed to move my body. Also, if it's really too cold to go outside, because we know, you know, recently it was like 50 below in Chicago and we don't want anybody going out in that. I laid out my yoga mat and put a video on my iPad, you know, that's a thing. And then my cat was like climbing on top of me and it was whatever. It was fine. But so it doesn't have to be perfect or fancy. Like what can you do in small moments in five minutes at a time in 10 minutes at a time to keep moving your body? 
I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And the season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Yeah, I discovered like this key to because I was very emotionally up and down my whole life. And exercise was the first sort of key for me. That was like the first habit that unlocked all the rest of them. Yeah. For me, it was running, but I remember going running and I got like a runner's high because your body is like, yes, you're running. Like we're just not, we, we didn't evolve to sit still in the dark and, and like to not be moving. Like we evolved to be constantly moving. And I think our bodies and our minds right. really, really are happiest when we're, when we're constantly moving. For me, it's always been an incredible lifesaver. I'm like one of those people who really needs to exercise like six days a week, something. Mm. And when my kids were little, I would take them to the YMCA and they had childcare. My childcare, they would like take your cell phone number. They would say, if you want, go out for a run. And so if it was nice weather, I would like leave the childcare and go running with my cell phone. And it That's was awesome. amazing. It was so good. But even just going there and like walking on the treadmill or walking on a stair mill or whatever you're doing, like, you know, get in there with like the big guys and like lift some weights and you're feeling stronger physically. It really makes you stronger mentally and emotionally. It's not, there's not like a separation. We enter are with all these different parts of our body. And as we strengthen ourselves physically, we have more power and energy for everything. Absolutely. And I read a, a very fascinating article, so I'm super interested in sleep, you know, and we'll get there. But the one thing I want to say related to exercise is I, you know, there are different stages of sleep and at different stages in our life, we get more and less of these different types of sleep. So babies are like in a constant state of deep sleep. And then by the time you're in your like latest years, the oldest adults get very little deep sleep and researchers don't really know why, but this is something that happens over the course of our life. 
And right now, researchers say that the only thing they've found that can give you more deep sleep, which is super important for certain parts of our brain functioning and stuff, is vigorous exercise during the day. They have found nothing else that does that for us. And so for me, I can tell if I don't get exercise in a day, my sleep is not as good and I can feel it. So, and sleep is a huge part of our mood. Other tips, so the things I do that help motivate me to get exercise, if I'm out for walks, I have like juicy murder mystery audiobooks that I only let myself listen to when I'm exercising. If I'm home and I'm gonna get, we have an elliptical in our basement. If I'm gonna get on the elliptical or if I'm gonna be in the gym on an elliptical, I have shows on Netflix that mm. are total just eye candy entertainment, no redeeming value that I only let myself watch when I'm exercising. So lately, Madam Secretary, love that show. Only let myself watch it on the treadmill (laughs) and occasionally with my husband, but mostly on the treadmill. And the last thing I do is like, have a buddy, you know, have somebody, I work out with a trainer once a week and I know that Joan will be very unhappy with me if I bail on her. Like Joan doesn't like it when I don't show up. And there are days when I'm like, I'm going to bail on Joan. I'm totally going to cancel. And then I don't. So a buddy helps too. Yeah. That pressure. So get some exercise. Number two is what you were talking about sleep. My bill is just taught reading to me an article about sleep. He was reading this morning, my husband, Bill, and he was saying that this article is linking. They're looking right now at sleep, lack of sleep, chronic lack of sleep being linked to Alzheimer's. Oh yeah. Um, and that, that your brain is really needing that, that function to sort of clean itself up. They pointed to really prominent examples, which were Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher, both boasted about like getting like very, very little sleep and they both ended Whoops. up with Alzheimer's. Yeah. I know you know the DL on sleep. Don't we sleep more in the winter? I think generally people just aren't sleeping enough. That's the big picture, right? Yes. So there actually is data showing that at least Americans overall are sleeping approximately an hour less than they did at least a couple decades ago. My husband, Josh, who also enjoys reading about sleep, read an article that said, if you're only getting six hours of sleep a few nights in a row, that's roughly equivalent basically to being drunk. Wow. So you think you, in terms of your brain functioning, your judgment, your reaction mm-hmm. time. So if you're like, I got six hours last night, like, don't, don't do that. That's not enough. Yeah. I mean, the stuff about Alzheimer's is super fascinating because from what they can tell, it seems like one of the things that happens when we're sleeping is that our brain is actually like the toxins in our brain. Cause when we think when our brain is doing all that cognitive activity during the day, it actually produces toxins. Like there's waste associated with that. And that waste gets cleared out of our brain overnight. And if there are sleep scientists out there and I'm getting this wrong, please come in and correct us. Like leave a comment, send a note. Yeah. But that certain stages of sleep, and I think it's the deep sleep, really help clear out those toxins. And so if you're not getting enough sleep, those toxins can build up in your brain and potentially lead to, you know, some kind of dementia or Alzheimer's or something. So absolutely. I mean, sleep has been linked to everything from mental health to all sorts of physical health issues, high blood pressure, blah, blah, whatever. So there's no question. And since this is a parenting podcast, we should mention that you are far more likely to be cranky, irritable, inpatient, reactive with your kids when you haven't slept. And it's not a situation that you can just have enough willpower and decide not to do that because the part of our brain that is responsible for like willpower and emotional regulation and good judgment and intentionality and being present is the first part of our brain that goes offline when we're exhausted. So when you're exhausted, you're kind of screwed. Sleep Uh, and exercise are like essential. You really need that foundation, sleep and exercise. And the biggest thing that most of us can do, first of all, 
here's some tips because I spent a lot of time thinking about this. I write a lot about this in the upcoming book because it's a huge part of not losing your temper with your kids. One is get those screens out of your face. Yeah. The, the light from your screens, from your phones is a blue light. And it's definitely different from like light from a lamp that shines over your shoulder. If you're reading in bed, it's even different from a TV set across the room. It's much brighter. It's like a wake up laser going into your brain. And it really, even if you can still fall asleep, research has found they've done studies in sleep labs that you people just don't get as much sleep or as much high quality sleep. So what I do is I have an iPhone. There's multiple ways but once it starts to get dark, there are multiple sort of settings I change in my phone every night to make my phone way, way darker. Because if I need to look at it in the evenings, I still want to, but I don't want that bright light screwing up my sleep. Do you wear the, the like amber goggles, Carla? I do not. <laughs> I, I, would I, love not it. I, I, I wouldn't like put it, it past me. I, that is totally something I, I would do, but I, I have not I'm done have it. I'm going to have to send you the amber goggles. And then we're going to have to do Facebook Live. And I'm going <laughs> to, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. The other thing I would say about sleep is, start getting ready before you're tired. Like if you've ever tried to put a kid to sleep, you know that if you wait till they're too tired, it's a nightmare. They're like sobbing on the floor, bouncing off the walls. They can't stay focused. And again, it's because their prefrontal cortex, that part of their brain, that's like, these are the things I need to do. And I'm going to do them. It's, it's done. It's toast. It can't function. It's too tired. Well, the same is true for us. Like, haven't you ever sat on the couch and been like, I need to go to bed. And then Netflix is like, are you still watching the show? And you're like, I don't even know what I'm watching, but I need to go to bed. Your brain is too tired. So when you get your kids ready for bed, put on your pajamas, brush your teeth at the same time, get it all done, take out your contacts, whatever. So that that's like one less barrier. You can still go downstairs and watch your show or read your book or do whatever you do, but it'll make it easier to go to bed. And then for most people, and you night owls out there are not going to be happy with me for saying this, but it's true. Most people get better sleep earlier in the night. So mm -hmm. sleep from like 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. is not necessarily as high quality sleep as from like, you know, midnight to eight or 9 a.m. It's just not. So wait, 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 wait. I, you might've said that backwards. So did say I say it backwards? Again. So sleep from 9 PM to 6 AM. So you're yeah. getting to bed earlier. Oh yeah. yes. I did say it backwards. It's yeah. higher quality. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Higher quality sleep than if you go to bed at say midnight and wake up later. Okay. Um, All right. We just, because our bodies know when the sun is going to come up. And so as we get closer to dawn, our bodies don't tend to get as much deep sleep. So go Sorry. to bed earlier. In that article Bill was reading me this morning, he said that they, they're thinking of like talking about nightly shift work where you work at night, almost as like a toxin, as much as, as like a carcinogen. It's that bad for your body to be doing that all the time. It's like, really it is intense. brutal. I have a colleague, yeah. a friend actually, whose entire job is to figure out, he's like a sleep expert and his entire job is to figure out how to help shift workers make it not so awful. But the reality is that kind of sleep disruption is awful, awful for everything. So if you're a shift worker, God bless you and just do the best you can to cut yourself some slack and take care of yourself in other ways because it's really rough. It's really yes. rough. So exercise will help. And then sort of trying to have the lighting around you mimic natural light as much as possible. So during the day, try to get as much natural light as you can. And then in the evenings, we have all of our, I'm so obsessive about this. I put all of our light switches on dimmers. Mm -hmm. And in the evening, I literally walk around the house dimming all the lights. And this starts, I mean, right now it's dark out at what, like 5.30. And mm -hmm. so starting like seven o'clock, I'm dimming all the lights in the house. 
Yeah, we do that actually in our bathroom. Like we've sort of trained our girls. If it's late at night, we just have the light in the hallway on. We don't turn on the light in the bathroom because the light in the bathroom is so bright, but actually like you can, yeah, you want to kind of simulate the sun. In fact, if it's something that you want to invest in, what we have, when my daughter pointed out my hypocrisy of having my phone in my room as an alarm clock and made me plug it in downstairs, which I'm glad she did. I went out and got a, uh, an alarm clock. That's like, it's like this round yes. globular bowl and it lights up. Like it's has a progressive light that starts and it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And then, and then by the time I want to wake up, it's like super bright. And so like my whole room is like filling with light. And then I have the bird sounds. It's like light and bird sounds. So it's like, even though it's dark outside, it's like the sun is rising and all this stuff. And it makes it, makes it a lot easier to get up, to have all this light on. And that's something that you can do is simulate. And then other people, you know, if you're really dealing with seasonal effectiveness disorder, use those light boxes. And that really, really helps. Do you use light like this at all, Carla? No, I don't use the morning light because I get up much earlier than my husband. And I prefer to ascribe to the stumble downstairs in the dark and make myself a cup of coffee way of waking up. (laughs) But here's what I'll tell you. I go to bed wicked early. So I start getting ready for bed at nine o'clock. My lights almost all the time are out between 930 and 10. It would probably be better for me to have a happy glowing orb in my bedroom, but I think my husband would like an extra 45 minutes or an hour of sleep. So I don't think he'd appreciate that. But what I do do is I'm pretty obsessive about getting outside when the sun is out or just when it's like enough out. So unless it's like less than 10 degrees, I'm outside every day. And that's a huge part of just keeping myself sane, really. I'm so cranky and irritable and reactive with my kids and getting outside and I'll go for like a three mile walk on those days. And I try to balance that with yoga inside and getting on the elliptical. And then of course my beloved Joan at the gym. So, but for me, the natural light really does come from being outside. Breathe. I'm interrupting the podcast to invite you to imagine listening to the ocean and feeling the warm breeze on your face. Imagine seeing little monkeys and smelling the fragrance of a tropical orchid while looking out at a vista of islands and endless ocean. This will be your reality when you join me for the Mindful Mama Costa Rica retreat next April. We'll be staying in a luxurious private estate, which has a view to the beach over the rainforest canopy from every room as well as from the yoga porch and the infinity pool. Join me and other mindful mamas with each day designed to have a perfect balance of time for yoga, mindfulness, discussion, and free and open time so you can either make it adventurous, go hiking, learn to surf, kayak through the mangroves, go zip lining or more, or make it relaxing. Instead of adventures, relax, poolside or wander down to the beach. We'll start each day with meditation and all levels yoga on the yoga porch. Every afternoon we'll come together for guided relaxation and coaching and discussion with me. Locally sourced foods will be served at breakfast and dinner by our talented in-house chef. If you want to get away from everything and take the break that I know you deserve, join me. We have limited spots available, so now is the time to reserve at mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica 
or email me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica or email me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com. I can't wait for you to join me there. Breathe. Getting actual sunlight is huge. I mean, that was another thing that we've been learning about recently is how chronically vitamin D deficient that most of us are. Um, and that actually like getting out in the winter, like not putting sunscreen on because you want your skin to really be absorbing some natural sunlight so that you can, your body can create that vitamin D and like getting, getting that light and sun. It was really interesting. I've been learning a little bit more. There was a really great article. I think it was titled is sunscreen, the next margarine, <laughs> which I thought was a great like headline, right? Like wow. saying that, or saying that sunscreen can, you know, potentially be dangerous because we need a lot more vitamin D. Um, actually I have a really <laughs> funny story. You're going to like laugh at me. Oh my God. So <laughs> Bill, Bill, especially my husband has been reading about vitamin D and wanting to like get vitamin D and, and concerned about the health effects and, um, the seasonal effectiveness disorder and all that stuff and all, all the health effects of vitamin D. So he wanted to, do, <laughs> he wanted to do this. So I, I went with him to just try it out. So he, we went to a tanning salon. <laughs> oh, Hunter, I'm dying. <laughs> Oh my God. You cannot say, tell people. No. Hunter. You're it was an me. experiment. It's just experiment. So, it's so oh. funny though, because like oh. we're like walked in and we're just Hunter. like, you know, this mom and dad, like in her forties. And like, there's the like, you know, 20 something year old people there. And they, they're, you know, like offering us all nope. the different creams and things like that. But it was really interesting. And it did feel really nice. It was this big dose of light obviously all over my body and, and a warmth, which felt nice. It was a snowy day, but the crazy thing is that there are certain parts of my body that have never seen the sun. Like, you oh, know, now we're getting like X-rated. <laughs> Come on. Uh, okay. I have to jump in here. I'm dying. No, no, I'm twitching. These certain parts of the body got like a little bit pink because they had never seen the sun. And then I was okay. Would, Hunter's toes. That's what is happening here. That's what is happening. It I'm was really that. funny. It was okay. really weird. Hunter, I have got to jump in here. Look, I don't dispute you or Bill on the vitamin D. I do not. I think it's a very real issue, but I need to balance this. As someone whose family has a history of skin cancer, and I go every year to the dermatologist for skin checks, and I've got moles all over my body. And I put, like, I, as a kid, you know, I was on the beaches of Mexico, and my mom was like, here's this number four, like, tanning oil that I'm gonna rub on you that was basically like frying me like a chicken. Like, I'm gonna say, I really, I can't advise people to go to tanning salons. No, 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 I'm not advising. I'm not advising anyone. I want a sunburned tushy. And if that's your gig, I don't know what to say about that. But um, like, you really have to balance your sun exposure. And it's a tricky balance because on the one hand, it is absolutely vital for vitamin D and for many of us for our sanity. But on the other hand, skin cancer is a very real problem. And so I just, I have to throw that out there. I, I sunscreen my kids every day when they go to camp. You know, they've never had a major sunburn, but they also do get tan in the winter. I feel like that's probably a happy balance. Um, and I just, uh, if you have questions or concerns, and if you have a family history of skin cancer, please consult with your dermatologist. 
Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to send you the article though. It's from oh. outside magazine is sunscreen. The new market magazine is from New Mexico. I just have to throw a New Mexico. Look reference. at that. New Mexico. Yeah. No, no. Dear listener. I'm not advising you to go do this wacky thing that my husband and I did. I was just like, I'm kind of curious. And I was like, sort of perplexed that he would be into this. Cause he's like a computer programmer, philosopher guy. You know, he's like a tall, thin kind of pale guy like he's just like it's so kind of random that I was like okay let's see if this happens and it, we did it was really funny but then I was itchy it wasn't good <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I would just like to say my tushy has never been sunburned I'm just gonna say that for the record for all of our listeners all right. Well, well, let's, let's move on. So to what I have for number, uh, number, whatever, anyway, happy upbeat music. There's actually a 2013 study that talk, shows how people feel happier when listening to happy upbeat music and it lasts for the rest of the day. So I actually have a playlist on Spotify. That is my empowered and confident playlist. <gasps> Will you share that? With <laughs> totally. Of course I'll share that with you. I'll share that with, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, I guess. Please my do. empowered. And yeah. And it's got all these like great songs. It's got some, you know, it's got these like, you know, invincible songs and all these pop music. That's like super like, you know, girl power and then like happy songs. So it, it really does cheer me up. It makes me feel you're happy. like Allie McBeal. Do you remember that show? <laughs> no, She'd, like, walk around. Oh my God. It was great. It was all these lawyers with Cal Callista Flockhart and she would like walk around and her thing was, she always had like a soundtrack going like an awesome soundtrack. You're like, that'd her? be great. But the thing is like all the music on the radio, like if you listen to regular radio, like there's no, so many know. depressing songs. They're so I mean, I don't know, like, like if you listen to like, I don't know, like we listen to, you know, this great independent radio station from outside of Philadelphia, it's wonderful. But then you listen to some of the lyrics to these songs and you're like, God, I want to kill myself. It's like, this <laughs> don't do that. That is not helpful. No. Yeah. Make yourself a playlist or not. I will share mine. Yeah. I want your playlist. Next one is eat well. Not oh, too many, okay. not too much sugar or carbs. Yeah. Okay. That's going to happen in the winter. Look. <laughs> that's a balance but what the one thing uh, all right look clearly uh, i am a carb addict so i i, I don't want to read somebody telling me not to eat too many carbs but it's true it's true but i want to take a moment and talk about one specific carb in particular that did not make you know that i didn't see a lot of talk about in these lists let's talk about alcohol oh that's a carb talk about it Alcohol is not only a carb, it is a central nervous system depressant, depressant. depressant. So even though it might make you feel a little looser, a little chiller, like decrease your anxiety or whatever in the moment, it, it actually, it does that by shutting down your prefrontal cortex. That's the first part of your brain functioning that it literally depresses. And then eventually you keep drinking enough alcohol. It shuts down the rest of your brain and you keep drinking enough. It shuts down the parts of your brain that tell you to breathe, which is how people literally die of alcohol overdose, which I'm not saying like, we don't need to worry about that. The point being, well, I hope we don't need to worry about that. Please. I hope you're not doing that. The point being though, that it depresses your system. And so over time, Alcohol plays a very real role in our mood. And I got to the point um, about a year ago, I, I never drank much. Um, chocolate's more my gig. But uh, where I noticed that on the nights when I was drinking, I wasn't sleeping through the night. And the reason is it totally makes sense. So you, you have a few drinks, you feel like you can fall asleep. The issue is over the next few hours, as the effects of the alcohol wear off, the depressing effects, 
your brain start your brain waves and functioning start to come back online in the middle of the night and it screws up your sleep mm. cycles and often people wake up in the middle of the night after they've been drinking because your brain's like oh time to wake up the alcohol wore off so i got to the mm. point where i'm so uh sleep dependent, one might say, uh, that I don't drink at all anymore because for me, even one glass of wine can do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if you're drinking a lot and you feel like crap in the winter, you, or if you've been drinking a little bit and your mood is down, think about drinking less. Feel like you're the martyr in your family. You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely true. Like I notice uh, my kind of habit is I have a glass of wine with dinner, but that's pretty early. That's like at five, basically in the afternoon, you know, five in the evening. And so I have that glass of wine and then I'm sort of relaxed and then kind of by seven, uh, seven to nine, then I'm feel, you know, then I'm just like, whatever, I don't know. But yeah, I guess that, that is a big carb, but I know, I mean, I, I eat tons of bread and things like that, but I think just eating well in general in the winter, like not, I think not going to food for solace. Like I need to avoid going for the cheese puffs, which I love. I was, puffs. I can just picture you in your kitchen with like orange dust all over your hands and all oh over my your- God. I love them so much because they were one of the few foods that I could eat, like when I was pregnant, that didn't make me sick. So there were these funny moments where I'd like this big pregnant belly and these like black yoga pants on because I was going to teach a yoga class. And then I would be like wiping the orange dust off my black yoga pants before I taught my class. I'm just picturing you walking into the tanning salon, like all orange oh face God. and then like orange puffs and orange dust. Look, we've all got something. It's, it's, um, for me, it's chocolate, right? Yeah. For me, it's chocolate. And so I think the, the point though is well taken is that what we eat absolutely influences our mood. Mm-hmm. And 
healthy foods make us happier. And we all know what the healthy foods are. They're fruits and vegetables and whole grains and lean meats and fish and nuts and avocados and blah, blah, blah. And so like, do your best. It's hard though in the winter because all we want to do is cozy up on the couch with something yummy. It's hard. It's true. But I think this ties right into the next one, which is kind of take vitamins. Like we we may, we can, I I think this is important. Like we, I think we can certainly be lacking in nutrients in the winter, especially like we just talked about vitamin D. And one of the things that one of one of the ways that I help my kids is, and myself is I get a a liquid vitamin D supplement because we can have a lot more vitamin D than actually they recommend. And I, make sure that we have good vitamin D supplement and also B vitamins and things that that can be lacking in the winter. I mean, I'm not an expert on this. This is just something that in my life I find that I notice and I want to be really careful of, but I invite you to look into this yourself listener and kind of see what, you know, it's, it's really helpful for us. If you've never done it to get a blood test and to see, you know, what are my vitamin B levels, my vitamin D levels to like notice, because we know that many Americans are chronically deficient in vitamin D and it's, and it leads to a whole bunch of problems, including heart diseases and all kinds of stuff. So, um, so I think it's good for us to check and just kind of be aware and to be cognizant. And another thing that is a mood enhancer, that's a important mineral that our bodies take in, which is magnesium. And it's like a heavy metal. Magnesium is often in the soil that food is grown in, and but the soil is usually often depleted. So it's not so much in our soil. So that's something that often people can be depleted in. But again, I'm not like an expert in this. I don't want you to be like, Hunter said to do this. Look into it yourself. This is just something I'm curious about, I'm interested in, and I encourage people to look into because I think I've been learning from a host of different places there there that when we're deficient in a lot, some certain key nutrients in our body, like it can have major effects that we don't take it seriously enough to, to think that our, you know, you know, we literally are what we eat. So, you know, we have to kind of think about, I think those nutrients too. I think it's a great point. Um, the other thing that we do in our house in the winter is, oh gosh, am I going to get it right? Is it elderberry? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. People kept saying like, you should try some elderberry syrup. And I was like, who does that? And um, cause I'm like just naturally skeptical of everything on the planet. And this winter um, I got some elderberry gummies for the girls. I just got them at like CVS or Whole Foods. And I've been taking, when I notice, I give the girls them fairly re- re- frequently. And then when I've noticed myself getting sick I have some elderberry syrup. And I think we're sick less this winter. I don't know, maybe it's just a better winter but just talk to your doctors, obviously talk to somebody you trust, um, and experiment with a few things. I find that I can't take vitamin supplements because they keep me up all night long. I get like crazy wicked insomnia. And that was something it took me a while to figure out. And I, you know, I don't know what that is, but it's just something I noticed for myself. So you got to experiment, but I think Hunter makes some really great points that are worth considering. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of look at it, look into some, you know, find someone who has no more knowledge about it than I do and, and look into it. The other thing we have on here is plan a trip. Even just like not, even just like not even going necessarily like in, you know, the next couple of weeks, but like planning something gives you something to look forward to and gives you like a, you know, it's good to have that anticipation that really helps you to kind of be, okay, just a couple more, you know, just to get yourself into that happier place. I think that can help. I I love this one. I don't think it has to be something super 
expensive or fancy. And now with the, you know, invention of Airbnb and things like that, you can find things that are really quite affordable. But I think in the winter, especially everything can feel like such a rut. Like you just feel so stuck and everything's just dark and gray and blah, blah, blah. And even if you're not getting to someplace where the weather is dramatically warmer, just going to someplace where the routine feels different, even just for the weekend, I think it's a great idea. So if you can get out and go on a trip, just do it. Just go, just get out of here. Yeah. Well, if Love you it. do want to, if you, if you're in the New England area and you want something <gasps> a little oh. local, oh, here's a little easier, on. you can join me and Carla What? <laughs> very soon, right? That's coming up really soon. March 1st through 3rd at the Copper Beach Institute in Hartford, Connecticut. We'll be West doing Hartford, Connecticut. a mindfulness for mothers retreat. You can find Super out awesome. about that at Copper Beach. And if you do want to go somewhere where the weather is drastically different and there is a lot of oh, sun and luxury. Costa Rica. I can't go to Costa Rica. I'm sorry, Carla. We do. We're just going to, we've extended the deadline a bit because we just have two spots. So when this comes out, they might still be available. Um, so look into that at mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica. I'm looking forward to that. <sighs> Guys, I got to tell you people. If there's any way you can make, look, I want to see you in West Hartford. That's amazing. Come to West Hartford. I can also understand that Connecticut might not be your fantasy place uh, in the middle of winter. <laughs> so I, I will sort of forgive you guys for that. But if you can go to Costa Rica, which I cannot do this year, you should go. Cause I will have to tell you, I have been on retreat with Hunter and she's amazing in Costa Rica. I've also been there. Costa Rica is amazing. So you should just go. It is amazing. Okay. So we talked about exercise, sleep, light and sun happy, upbeat music, <laughs> eating well and taking vitamins, planning a trip, getting outside. What do we miss anything, Carla? These are kind of the, I mean, for me, like, I feel like I'm kind of high maintenance. Like, I guess the big thing we didn't mention is meditation. Um, I mean, that helps decrease anxiety, increase feelings of well-being, and things like that. Absolutely. And my challenge in the winter really is I, I get twitchy. I don't want to sit still. So the meditation I do is really when I'm outside mm -hmm. and I'll take a period of my walk, uh, usually being walk for like five or 10 minutes and just kind of count my steps or just notice and be quiet. And then I put in my awesome audiobook. but yeah, meditation guys, it's great all the time. Always, always a great idea. Um, yeah. It helps that. train your brain. So Carla was talking about how, when we are under, we don't have enough sleep, uh, we can't access the prefrontal cortex and what meditation, and it does, this doesn't work if you are not getting enough sleep. So granted that you're getting enough sleep, what meditation can do over the course of time is help actually uh, increase the density and strengthen the prefrontal cortex. So that thoughtful, rational, logical, empathetic part of the brain, and actually kind of shrink in density, the, you know, the amygdala and that fight, flight, or freeze it's center of the crazy brain. Yeah. So the fear center of the brain. So, um, it really can give you a sort of a leg up and both meditation and exercise have been shown to be as effective as antidepressants, antidepressants and meditation and exercise have, have been about even in certain studies. Don't you, th have you seen those, right? Yeah. And I think it really just depends on the person and what you can do at any given time and what works. So I find that it, it has to be a mix of all of these things. Yeah, um, I don't think there's any one little magic pill, but for me, 
it's a little bit of all of it every day to kind of keep me on an even keel. Also, if you can do this is getting out with some friends and doing something fun that doesn't involve your kids. And I know that's super hard for me in the winter because basically once it gets dark, I'm like, peace out. I got my cat. I got my couch. I am done. I'm not going anywhere. But on the nights when I can get it together and go hang out with some friends, go to my book club, do whatever, just connecting with other people really does help your mood. So if you can, you know, sort of get the motivation to get off the couch and get outside um, to like hang out with people or go out to dinner, try to try to do that when you can. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it in the regular rotation. I think, you know, it's funny. I'm in my community. We we had a book club going and we have this group of friends. And so we see each other about once a month and it's like, wow, it just, it really is nourishing to have this like regular dose of girlfriend time, you know, which is funny is I should be like woman friend, but then that sounds like they're like, that's I'm going to hang out with my women friends and discuss (laughs) my literature right now. Excuse me, Hunter. My women friends. That's awesome. No, but yeah, it makes makes a huge difference. So, oh gosh, Carla, do you have time? I forgot to do, we forgot to talk about chores. I was hoping you would forget. Let's do a quick, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Well, you go- I we have been, it's funny. I'll share this story. The uh, daughter number one was really sick for a couple of days. So they share the chore of putting away the clean dishes. They switch off who does the top and the bottom row of the dishes. So I say to daughter number two, your sister's sick. Will you please do both rows of the clean dishes? And she just, she just had, she was so like, it was like such a big deal. Like why was I being so mean? And there were tears and it was, I don't you love her. Oh my God. She like hid under the table and and, like pulled the chairs in under her. Well move. That's legit. Oh my God. And I was so annoyed with her because I was like, come on child. And so I just, I, you know, I just said to her, I said, listen, like this, I know this normally isn't your job, but this is your job today because we help each other out when we're sick. And I, and then I said, I just have to let you know that if you can't do this before she was going into school two hours late, before you go, then then you're going to also need to put load all the dirty dishes because I won't have a chance to load all the dirty dishes if all these clean dishes aren't loaded. So uh-huh. I felt like that was a very natural consequence because that was true. Like if she didn't do it, I was get and I didn't do it for her. Then she was going to have to load all the dirty dishes too. And so, you know, it was interesting because then I was like, okay, because Bill was home. I was like, I'm outie. I'm going to go get apple juice and ibuprofen for sick sister. And, um, cause I was so annoying and he came out and he, he said that he found her like so sad and mad at herself that oh she was, had made this choice. And so she did ended up, end up doing that. She forgot all the silverware, but I did the silverware for her. Poor thing. Oh, oh man. So, so the idea, I think of what I learned, you know, like part of it is just, I'm sorry, this is your job. Like this, I'm insisting, like, this is your job. And, and that was her problem that she had a big problem with it. And I really felt like this is not my problem. I'm not my monkeys, not my circus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. How's it Um, going for you? um, (laughs) I would give myself a solid C on chores right now. Look, I think KJ D'Antonia and Julie Lithcott Haynes are absolutely correct. I do not, they are absolutely right. And I just, 
I don't know. It's like I pick my kids up from school at the end of the day and all the energy drains out of my body. I just feel tired. Like I've been do I've been adulting all day and I don't have any more adulting energy. So look, they still do the same basic chores that they've always done. They clean up their rooms. They help me sort and they put away their own laundry. Like they clear the table at the end of dinner. They set the table for dinner. They, you know, assemble their lunches in the mornings. Um, they empty their backpacks at the end of the day, do their homework. I don't know if that counts as a chore, but it feels chore-ish to them, I know. But I had like big plans that they were going to get more seriously involved in like snow shoveling this winter, which isn't really their fault. There hasn't been a lot of snow in Boston um, and really make more progress on really getting involved in like lunch and dinner. And I just, I make their lunches first thing in the morning. Like I, I sort of make the big components and then it's their stick them in the fridge. It's their job to remember what to grab, grab their snack, assemble their lunch, put it together, get it in their backpack. But we had been on a pretty good roll in the fall where they were actually like cutting up the vegetables and making their own sandwiches. And then honestly, we just didn't have time in the evenings. Like they had piano lessons and yoga class and stuff like that. And I dropped the ball and I, we get home in the evenings and I just, I don't have the energy right now. And so I get up at 5.00 AM. I listen to my morning news. I empty the dishwasher. That's another thing I was going to get my kids to do. I haven't done that yet. And I have like this pleasant little morning habit where I, you know, I make their lunches while I'm listening to the news and I drink my coffee and I, I need to break up that habit. And I, I, it just hasn't happened yet. And I don't know when it will. So they do a lot in the house. Uh, I want it to be farther than I am and we're not there yet. And um, that's okay. We'll get there. I'm not sure I would give you a C. You're, they're doing some stuff. They are. They definitely are. And they do a lot of little things too. <laughs> they Even things that aren't like um, regular daily chores, but as little things come up around the house that I need help with, like they feed the cats. They do like other small things that don't happen every day. But I, I really wanted them to be farther along in food prep. But the reality is I don't like making food. I don't like cooking. And so I have no, you know, what Brene Brown says, this is my favorite parenting quote. We can't give our kids what we don't have. And I have zero interest in preparing food and I do it, but I'm not like, oh, I want to share this joy with my children. No, I do not. I do not want to share that joy with anybody. I don't want to do that joy at all. It's not joy. So that's my little rant. So we'll get there. We're not where I want to be, but that's okay. All right. Well, I, I hope this has been helpful dear listener on the podcast. And hey guys, remember the time Hunter got a sunburn on her tushy? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. I'm done now. I'm done. Go ahead. Finish up. I'll be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that experiment. Um, I hope this has been helpful. I hope this gives you some ammo for that inner battle. Like get yourself outside and get, get some exercise and all those things. And uh, Carla, how can people find out more information about you and your new book? Yeah. So I'm at uh, CarlaNomberg.com. Carla with a C. Figure out Nomberg. You'll get there eventually. And I'm on Instagram at Carla Nomberg. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you will be the first to get all the updates on my book, which is called How to Stop Losing Your Beep with Your Kids, which is coming out this summer. Yeah. And you can hang out with me and Carla real soon if you want to in person. We're going to get very peaceful and relaxed. Um, oh <laughs> we won't actually do that but we will be relaxed. <laughs> Thanks so much, Carla. Thank you, Hunter. 
All right. And now we are off the recording of the podcast. So thank you to the live people. You're not saying who you are. I see four people are watching. Oh my God, uh, four people. <laughs> not, not a huge four crowd. People. Say hello, dear four people. Uh, we would love to say hello. Jen Millette says, hey, so glad I found you live. I met you both at Copper Beach. Hi, Jen. So cool. This like, is, oh, that's awesome. Hi, Jen. Check Jen's I, picture I, to I see if I can re her remember her name or her face. Oh, yeah. Jen Millett. Hey, Wait, Jen. are we on your Facebook page, Hunter? Sorry. Where? Yeah. Let me just tag you in our little live thing so you know where it is. That would be that, the way to do it, right? Da, 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 da. I feel uh, like my grandmother right now who tried to take a picture of me with a Walkman once and I was like, what is happening? That's what happens when I try to like figure out where things are. And Carla Number. All right. I just, uh, just tagged you. Krishna says hi from Switzerland. Hi, Krishna. How are you? Hi, Tracy. Uh, Gerbino, you have a snow day. Glad you got to watch. All right, cool. This is going to be next week's podcast. So, uh, so cool to have you there. And Carla, if you're looking at the, there's like a little delay if you can kind of see. So cool. So if you guys have any takeaways, you can put them in the comments and we got to get going. I think we got to wrap it up and do the other things we do yep. in our day, huh? Thank you, Hunter. This has been so fun, Carla. And we we have a, an appointment. Did we make the appointment to talk before uh, we did? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm being cryptic. <laughs> oh, let's talk about that after we hop off Facebook. Okay, that sounds good. And we're going to do that. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Oh my goodness, you are going to think I'm crazy now doing those crazy things with my crazy husband. But I hope that this helped you. I know that the exercise and the sleep and the light, they make a huge difference for me. And they can help us just be better people all around. It makes a huge difference. So I hope that this inspires you to take some action in that direction too. If you have any questions, of course, you can always email me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com or join the wonderful growing Mindful Mama Tribe Facebook community. Such an amazing community of people. And remember, we have extended our deadline and I have two spots open to join me in paradise and the Raising Good Humans VIP retreat in Costa Rica. So I hope you'll check that out. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica. It's in April. And carpe diem, man. We only have this one life. So maybe you'll join, spend part of it with me in Costa Rica. All right, I'm wishing you a beautiful week. I'm wishing you some sunshine on your face. I'm wishing you some peace in your home and all that good stuff. All right, sending that all to you. Namaste. Thank you to DJ Taz Rashid for this wonderful song, Inspiration Drive. Go ahead and download his album, Live in Love, on Apple Music or on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, 
is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 